Hi, welcome to the Breaking News Podcast. This is Chris Ruvo for ASI's Counselor Magazine. And today we're going to be talking about a pressing issue for the promotional products industry, and that is the coronavirus outbreak in China. Here to help us with that is Mr. Larry Whitney. Larry is Director of Compliance at Top 40 Promotional Products Supplier, Polyconcept North America. He's an expert in China and overseas manufacturing, and he's going to give us uh, some perspective on what the virus outbreak means for our industry. Industry. So, Larry, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome, Chris. So, let's get into this first question here. Um, kind of, kind of looked at broadly. Do you anticipate that this virus, the coronavirus, could cause supply chain disruption in the promotional products industry? And if you do, what do you what do you think we're looking at? Well, simply yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> most of our products for our industry come from China still, mm-hmm. and China has pretty serious problems. Um, fortunately, it happened during the Chinese New Year, so most of our factories were closed. So we're, we haven't experienced any problems yet. Okay. Um, unfortunately, China is still facing some problems with the virus and are restricting travel. So the Chinese New Year holiday would typically end this weekend. People will be coming back to work on Monday. Workers for the factory would be all back to work, you know, mid to late, late next week. Mm-hmm. And production would resume, and for February we would see the normal ramp up and shipping of products. Mm-hmm. Uh, China has shut down a lot of their transport. Uh, they don't want people congregating mm-hmm. on the buses, the trains, the airports. So they have extended the holiday by a week. Mm. So right now, the Chinese New Year holiday has been extended through February the 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, because of all of the disruption and worry this has caused, we feel that a lot of the workers aren't going to be getting back to work mm-hmm. Monday the 10th. So there will be some uh, more of a slower ramp-up for production. Uh, and it, at this point, so this is the 30th of January, this has been changing every day, so mm-hmm. and if you talk to me next Wednesday, it might be another story, who knows. But right now, I'm not expecting workers to be back till the middle of February. Okay, so, so given that, I mean, maybe the conclusion is self-evident, but paint a picture for us. What does that mean for, for our industry? Do you, do you anticipate that there will be delays in suppliers getting um, uh, shipments that have that have been scheduled, or, or what do you no. see kind of happening? So um, reports today are that airlines have cut their flights into and out of China. Mm-hmm. I've seen reports that air capacity for cargo has been cut 50%. Wow, okay. A lot of airlines have decided to dramatically reduce air flights out of China through the whole month of February. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, let me face it, for our industry, if we really need something like right away, mm-hmm. we ship it by air. Mm-hmm. And air costs are going to be high. Okay. So, mm-hmm. With the reduced capacity, that means you're going to pay premium to get products shipped by air. On the ocean side, um, 
some of the steamship lines have reported that due to their forecast that carb factories will be slow getting up to production in reading of blank sailings, which means the boats, the vessels aren't going to actually call on their scheduled port every week. Okay. So I would expect that some cargo may be done by the factories, but the steamship lines may not be able to pick it up exactly when they want. So there's going to be some delays there. Okay. Um, so I think that's that's also going to face all of us in the industry through the end of February. My goodness. All right. Um, so that's, that's, you know, that, that's a pretty sobering picture you paint there. Uh, I know you said that you haven't had um, any major impacts yet. What are you hearing in particular from uh, factories overseas or, or, or sourcing agents? Do you have any kind of boots on the ground stuff as, as to what, you know, they're experiencing and, and ergo what then PCNA has in particular experienced to date? Well, we, yeah, as you may know, our company has offices in Shanghai and Shenzhen. We have extensive staff over there, and they're, they've been in contact with the factory owners, you know, trying to gauge what's going on when they expect to be back in production. And it varies by factory. Uh, some factories have local workforce. They'll get back in the swing earlier than those that are dependent on workers that uh, went home to Western China for the Chinese year holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it really depends on where the factory is and what their where their labor force is based. Um, but it's not just the labor force. There's also raw materials that are impacted. So this is sort of like a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the virus, I think we'll see fits and starts. Um, some factories will get up fairly quickly. They may have had stockpiled materials. Others less quickly. Um, you know, for us, we're, you know, we're monitoring the system, the situation. Uh, our people have been looking at what we consider more critical items to see how we can expedite them. And, uh, but it's going to take a lot of management. It, it sure sounds like it. You know, you mentioned your overseas, um, staff there. Uh, are they under any kind of, you know, orders to stay home, or, or how, how are they kind of handling this, those folks who are over there? Oh, yeah. Thank you for asking about them. Um, our staff uh, based in Shanghai and Shenzhen have been, I mean, the cities have closed the offices. They're not permitted to go to the office until February the 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them have laptops, like like many of us. They can work remotely. Mm-hmm. So they're, they are keeping in touch with factories uh, and us, keep us surprised at what's going on. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so far we've had no reports of our staff becoming ill or anything like that, which is great. Although we have stockpiled several hundred um, face masks for our staff because um, we've uh, there is now a shortage of face masks in China. My goodness. Okay. Yeah, that, that really shows, you know, how serious this is being taken and really how serious – it is over there, um, mm-hmm. so there's a, there's definitely a human element I think to this whole situation too. That maybe being half a world away, that that sometimes we might we might forget. So that's an important perspective to have that these are these are human lives involved with that. And I think related to that point is that there's there's been some nerves um, in the industry. Like my goodness, you know, could 
imported products um, that might have been, you know, sneezed on, for lack of a better term, by somebody who has this virus, could they bring that virus over here? Um, you know, we've read some things from the from the from the CDC about that. Do you want to speak to that at all? Just just the the threat that exists there. Or, sure, yeah. sure. So, so I have read. CDC says that um, if somebody sneezes on a box and the box, you know, travels from China to the U.S., we're talking generally weeks and all sorts of temperature ranges as it moves through the supply chain. The virus isn't going to live. Um, I think that's a fair fair assumption. I mean, people sneezed on products before, and I don't see there's a never heard there's a transmission from touching a carton. So I, I think that's fairly fairly low probability. And that you know we we'd uh, done some research with health experts in, in addition to the CDC, and that seems to be the very common consensus. I agree that there is, that there's, that, that that's, you know, you could understand why people would have that, that concern or that fear, but it's, mm -hmm. but given the biological reality, it's not really something you, you should have to worry about, at, at, certainly at, at this point from what they've, they've studied. So hopefully that maybe provides some reassurance to, um, to people. Yeah, the, I, I think this is, from what I'm reading, this is something that you're more likely to catch through somebody sneezing or, or airborne. Mm -hmm. um, so I, 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 I don't think that touching product or cartons that came from China is a risk. All right. That, that said, um, you know, closer exposure to people then who, who have uh, uh, the virus becomes then your mm -hmm. main risk. So given that, there's some pretty big um, you know, trade shows that occur in China and Hong Kong in April. A lot of people from our industry attend those. Um, yeah. there, there's also, you know, as someone who does uh, overseas uh, sourcing, I'm sure you're, you and your team are on the ground over there with some degree of regularity. Do you have or does PCNA have plans to, to, to cancel travel to China? Or is there a ban in place on traveling to China? How are you handling it internally? Traveling. We have we have uh, canceled travel mm -hmm. to to China for the next month or two. Um, we so we had some meetings that were going to take place in travel in March. Uh, that's definitely been canceled. As for the April, you've got the Canton Fair, the Hong Kong uh, gifts and technology shows. Uh, we're going to play it by year. We're not scheduling travel right now. We'll see how things develop as those events get closer, but right now we're not traveling. Fair enough. Fair enough. That also paints, I think, a, a picture of, of, of kind of how stark the situation shaping up to be. Um, do you, I'm putting you on the spot with this one, in a, in a best case scenario, given what we know up to today, understanding that things change day to day, and it, it is kind of hard to look into the crystal ball and be accurate with this, but... With that, mm -hmm. with, with that caveat, what's a best-case scenario for how this, this plays out over the next couple of weeks for our industry? Well, I was looking at um, John Hopkins University has a heat map published with some data on cases and deaths and number of incidents per day. And I was looking at it earlier today, and... Uh, for a while, it was a very pronounced hockey stick, you know, very steeply rising graph 
and between yesterday and today, it, the angle of ascent has tapered slightly. Mm-hmm. So may, maybe we're getting to the reaching the plateau, and things will be under control. Um, you know, obviously, this infected a lot of people very suddenly. Mm-hmm. And it has spread around the world. We have cases in the United States and really in every major country. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's starting to taper off. People are starting to recover and every, you know, it'll, you know, we'll all recover. And, you know, in China, they can get back to work in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, by May, we'll just say, oh, that was a, wasn't as big as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I can remember 10 years ago, the swine flu pandemic, we developed all these internal pandemic plans and processes, and um, fortunately, it came for naught. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, hopefully, that's how this will turn out, too. All right. With that said, I, of course, have to ask the, the kind of inverse of that question, which is what's maybe a, a more a worse case or a worse scenario Um that you could potentially see. <laughs> but, right. but, but maybe I should have started with that one first and ended on the good one, but we're we're here now. So well, <laughs> I mean, worst worst case is it continues to spread across the world. It mm-hmm. it obviously had a very quick ramp up in China. Mm-hmm. Um, it has gained. You know, there have been cases in other countries. I mean, sure, it could take off in other countries, um, spread just as rapidly. Mm-hmm and sicken a lot of people. The you know, based on the death rates, we're running only at two percent fatality mm-hmm. is what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Which I mean let's put it in put it in perspective. There's been hundred and seventy people die. Mm-hmm. How many people die every month in auto accidents in this country? Right, sure. Sure. I think, uh, how I think many I... people die of gun violence? And then put it in perspective, this you, you need to do that. Nobody wants to get sick, and hopefully it doesn't come over here. Um, if it does, a lot of people will get a really, really nasty cold. Mm-hmm. Um, most people will get better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and develop immunity to it the next time. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, all right, Larry, you've been generous with your time. Just is there any kind of final thoughts on this that you, you want to sh- share with the with the industry? Well, I think everybody, you know, all the suppliers and importers have to look very closely to their supply chains, their logistic partners to make sure that when cargo is ready to move, they're able to get it. Um, obviously, if their capacity is halved, uh, we need to look really closely at what we're spending on air cargo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to go back to your worst case, do we have processes and contingency plans for business continuity if it comes to America? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to do that. Probably should think about that today before it gets here rather than when all of your folks start getting sick. Good point. All right, well, Larry, those are fantastic insights. I wish we were talking about a happier topic, but you know that's the, that, that's that's the reality of what we're dealing with, and I think that lays um, a, a great perspective on on where things stand. So that's Larry Whitney from PCNA. Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome, Chris. Thank you. Bye bye.